Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now, from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey everybody, welcome to the nation. That's Barbecue Nation. I'm JT. I atop the radio world in my Turn It, Don't Burn It studios here in Portland, Oregon, along with uh, Dave and Chris and the crew and all of our affiliates along the Barbecue Radio Network on the Sun BGI. Uh, we want to thank the folks at Painted Hills to bring you in part of this show. They're from the heart of the Pacific Northwest and beef the way nature intended. Check them out online at Painted Hills naturalbeef.com <clears throat> our friend uh and an icon that's the only way i can describe her in the in the world of competitive barbecue carolyn wells from kcbs now if if you've been living under a rock and haven't listened to this show before carolyn is one of the co-founders of kcbs she served as the executive director for quite a while she had won over 150 awards in barbecue herself uh she's a member of the hall of fame of course um she's got her uh phb which is a doctor of philosophy in barbecue and she's authored some great cookbooks which i happen to be the proud owner of a couple of them so i don't know if i can give you a better introduction than that carolyn welcome oh thank you jeff that's great <laughs> i have to tell you that i am uh, i am sitting in barbecue heaven right now I'm on um, an outdoor patio with an indoor kitchen surrounded by about 15 smokers um, at the Butt Ranch in uh, Mulberry, Tennessee. Oh, my word. You're Nirvana there. You've gone to heaven. It is Nirvana. And my host is uh, Bad Byron's Butt Rub, and he is... um, um, he's obviously been very successful because he's got more equipment here than the most restaurants have. <laughs> and it's beautiful, and he's practicing for a, a barbecue contest next weekend. Well, good. I've I've had uh, I've had him on the show before. It was oh, a, super. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I've had um, Byron on the show before, and interesting guy. I and I use his rub sometimes. I. You know, he said, oh, I'll tell him that he'll be more than happy. Yeah, he, he has sent me some. Tell him I'm always willing for another open for another care package. But he <laughs> he sent me some and some other stuff, little cozies and, and uh, different things. But uh, I that's kind of one of my number one go to rubs is Byron's uh, bad butt. Yeah. So anyway, so <clears throat> you've been at this game a long time, my dear. And uh, that's astounding, given that you're only 49 years old. I know. I started when I was 10. Yeah. Well, (laughs) (laughs) how has competitive barbecue changed since the inception around your kitchen table with 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 Gary and Artie and whoever else was there? 
Uh, and Rick and and Paul Kirk. Uh, yep. It, it's um, it has grown from. Well, I'll just tell you the, the, my best way to describe it. Competition barbecue has helped barbecue the 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 genre of barbecue grow from a second class food into America's cuisine. It really has. It really has. I don't know. And it's because our our people are, um, you know, they're very helpful. They'll kill you if they had to. Uh, they'd have to kill you if they told you all their secrets. But sure. they're <laughs> more than willing to share, and they're all hams, and they're they're more than willing to do what they can to further it because it's, you know, it's all about food, family, fun, and friends. It is. It is. I had Riley Wright on the show last week. She's. 15 years old. Now she does some SCA stuff, but she also goes to regular barbecue competitions with her folks and helps those cooks and, and all that. And she's made a lick in the SCA stuff. What a great kid, uh, or young lady, I should say. And, uh, you know, she's going to be around our world for a long time. Um, and we're definitely in our second generation. Yes. And probably third. Yeah, and I was just amazed because you know it was like when I when I started cooking, um, and of course the story isn't about me, but when I started cooking, I was about ten, somewhere around there. But nobody else. I mean, if we had a barbecue, we had it twice a year, and it was burnt chicken. So that's whoopee. Was it a barbecue or was it hot dogs and hamburgers? No, they they burnt. We never did steaks. I don't know why, but. Um, we would always do chicken because we had this old kind of flat looking uh, Coleman, if you will, barbecue where they had about a half a hood on the back side of it and it had a rotisserie. Yeah. So they'd put, you yeah, know, and they yeah. get those coals just like the entrance to hell that hot. And then they'd throw that chicken on there. They wouldn't let them cool, cool off or anything or even them out, you know, and then they'd put, start doing that. And then within a half hour, they were slathering sauce on it. And so it was a very healthy black char. Um, of course. When, by the time it got pulled off, you know, and that stuff that wasn't black and charred was slippery and slimy. But that's kind of my, that was kind of my introduction into barbecue. Um, so I started cooking indoors because I just like to cook. I mean, I had to, even as a 10 year old, because we spent so much time with the horses and stuff, I had to find something else to do or, you know, my, right. my mind would explode, which it's, I've been accused, <laughs> accused of that a few times. Uh, so that's how I got into cooking. And then a little later on, I started getting into barbecue. Then the first things I did was make my own barbecue. You know, I, I did a 55 gallon drum, cut it in half, welded some braces on it, put a, put a rack together Found some. Uh, they got a ten-year-old weld. Wow. <laughs> no, I, I was probably sixteen by then. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, that's better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway, long story short, that's how I got into to doing barbecue, and I still kept cooking on this. So I wanted to learn both, and I think that's where Kansas City um, Barbecue Society has helped so many. Uh, people wanting to learn, but then like you're saying, the second and third generations are coming along because um, they have so much more information that they didn't have to try to go pick somebody's brain like we did when we were younger. They 
can grab a lot of stuff off the web. They can right. do Zoom meetings, phone chats, whatever. Um, and we just kind of learned by trial and error. I don't think this new generation is going to ruin as many um, racks of ribs or butts or steaks that, as we did. I'm just going to put it that way. Oh, I agree. And, uh, you know, there's there's so much content, well, actually on the on our website, but um, uh, there's so many people teaching um, competition-style cooking, um, which is really not your normal because you're cooking for six people that way. But uh, um, but it's that the information is so much more available and that and it's so it's just so popular. Yes. Have the styles changed? I mean, I know Paul. I've interviewed him a number of times. Uh, he's always ready to raise his hand and give you his opinion. And I like that about him. But I Not say, Paul. <laughs> I say that. <laughs> <laughs> but he's kind of one of the original low and slow guys. And he's not. Oh, absolutely. You yeah. know, and he's not into, you know, crank it up to 550, put the brisket on there for an hour, and then uh, turn it down to 350 for another 47 and a half minutes, then wrap it and throw it in the cooler and come back tomorrow. You know, he's not that guy. No. No. No, he's not a fan of a foil that he, uh, yeah, but he's, um, he's open to new things, but, uh, uh, that, that would be a blasphemy to him. Oh, it is. We've talked about it many times and he, in no uncertain terms, um, has laid out his thoughts on that on this show, which I always find great and entertaining and interesting, but, um, right. yeah, but he, he's fun. But my point is, we have progressed good, bad, or indifferent. And I think for the good, for the most part, from that to different styles, different cookers now that people right. are using. Um, you know, when you guys started this, I don't think that too many people, except maybe here in the Northwest, had ever heard of a pellet cooker because they were just in their development stage when you guys started this. And they were an idea in the back of Joe Traeger's mind. Type thing. You know, Joe is a fabulous guy. Yeah. So his family lives about 12 miles from where I live. And that's where the Traeger oh, stuff all you. started, you know. But things have changed. Now we see all kinds of different cookers out there. And I think that's in part thanks to KCBS. I really do. Because it's, uh, it, everything has to start somewhere, you know. Everything has an impetus of a, of a, fledgling idea and i think kcbs and especially over the years of your guidance had really brought us to the point now where like you said barbecue is acceptable um it's a it's a style it's a as far as i'm concerned it's a food group that kind of encompasses anything you can put on there but i think you're to be thanked for that well it's a it's a great comfort food you know you get to you get to eat with your hands you uh get to be kids again and you know particularly during during the um um pandemic oh. their barbecue never slowed down except for competition barbecue because of the social distancing but it was uh, it was it's every man's food there's and then people like food cooked on the grill because it tastes better um we're going to take a break so, 
Well, yeah, we got to take a break here, Carolyn, but we'll pick that up right on the other side. Carolyn Wells from KCBS, one of the co-founders and the executive director for a long time, and now she's out on the road looking for another adventure. I'll just put it that way. And we're going to be back in just a couple minutes here on Ranch. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Support for Barbecue Nation is brought to you in part by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for the family jewels. That's right, they obsess over their technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. Now, Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. And here at Barbecue Nation, we have an exclusive offer for my listeners. 20% off plus free shipping with the code BBQ. That's BBQ at manscaped.com. So you see, Manscaped hooked me up with a whole bunch of tools uh, and formulations from their Perfect Package 3.0 kit. Works out great. Manscaped has created the best family jewel hair trimmer ever called the lawnmower 3.0 don't be scared it works really well and you don't want to use the same trimmer on your face as you use down there that's just not good kind of nasty so the lawnmower 3.0 comes inside their brand new perfect package 3.0 which comes with everything you need to keep trimmed up cut free and smelling nice Manscaped also threw in two free gifts into their perfect package, a pair of high-performance Manscaped boxer briefs, and that'll keep your family privates feeling fresh all day, and a travel shed bag to store all your grooming goodies. Oh, yeah. You know, when you work around a 400-degree grill like I do a lot, you do not want a brush fire. Trust me on that. So you want to keep trimmed up nice, Make a little landing strip if you need to. Doesn't matter. Just keep it clean and neat down there. Because a brush fire? Uh, no, you don't want that. Okay, so you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code barbecue, BBQ at manscaped.com. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code barbecue at manscaped.com. That's BBQ, and that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Don't forget to use the code BBQ. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation here on the Sun Radio Networks. I'm JT. Today we're talking with Carolyn Wells. One of the founders of KCBS, a frequent guest on this show, because I just think the world of her, but also she knows pretty much everything about barbecue. If you'd like to email us, it's really simple. You can go to barbecue nation, bbqnationjt.com, and there's a little message thing there. You can send me an email, or you can send it more directly to me at info at thecowboycook.com. And also, we're on Facebook. You can message me there and Twitter. Uh, I don't know. There's a big, long list of all the platforms we're on now. I can't even keep track of them myself. 
But if you have a question or if you have a suggestion or something, uh, if it's a vile comment, keep it to yourself. But other than that, if it's all good, send it over. So talking with Carolyn Wells today, and all the years that you were a KCBS rep at a lot of, uh, of course, being the executive director and stuff, you got to travel a bit. You got to go to different places, different competitions, you know, managing the Royal, the barbecue portion of the Royal, not the whole Royal. Um, you know, different things like that. Well, not even the whole barbecue part. But <laughs> well, you were there. It occupied a lot of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Is there one place that you found that you always like to go because that whatever the product was, whatever the results were of not just the competition, but even the local restaurants and stuff, you were like, man, I love this place. Uh, now I have about 50 of those places. Oh, well, we've got time for... <laughs> about five I mean, of them. I have, um, I, I obviously, I love the Royal, and it's a, it's a great organization uh, for agriculture and you know livestock shows and, sure. and all that. But the barbecue is is um, obviously utmost in my mind. Um, in the Royal, we regard as our crown jewel, but we do a great one at um, at at Lynchburg at Jack Daniels. Mm-hmm. Um, there's uh, and, and actually, I love coming south uh, where I am now because those people just try to out nice each other. I mean, they <laughs> they are so accommodating and so nice, and it's um um it's just it's very special and and uh, I, I like those, but you know they they I've been um. Uh, well, let's see. I've been to England and Switzerland and um, and Australia, and they were all you know, um, um, they were all great. Um, just very different. Uh, not, they're striving to be more like American cooks, so they can sure. eat over here. Um, the Canadians have pretty well picked that up. You know, we're doing. But we're doing thanks to our our international outreach team. We're we're spreading. Uh, we're in forty three countries now. That's great. Yeah, but it, it's you know, barbecue people are just the greatest ever from everywhere. They're just they're they're kind, giving people, and and they won't tell you all their secrets, but they'll they'll share, and they turn out some great food. So. It's uh, and I, there's in certain places that I've where I've repped a contest for years, and I don't really take many new contests because people know I get all the best contests anyway. Uh, but <laughs> it's a, it's um, it's just uh, everywhere is an adventure and everywhere is different. You know, I've seen more of rural America than anybody has a right to see, and I absolutely love it. Absolutely, I was going to love it. I was going to tell you something about Australia. I've been there three times. The first time, well, every time was great, and they were lovely people, and they loved to have a good time. But the word got out that I could cook, and I got invited to. We would do. This was back when I was doing the horse stuff. You'd do a show on a weekend, um, usually. Saturday, some days, two day shows, but those weren't, you know, those weren't common. They weren't the norm, I should say. Anyway, so, but when they would go down there, they would usually keep you there for two or three weeks so you could do two or three shows for them. 
you know, kind of a bulk, yeah. bulk rate deal. Well, after the, what turned out to be the first trip, the second week of my first trip, because they said, we'll have a cookout. And then they laughed and said, shrimp on the Barbie. And they said, you know, we don't really say that here. And I said, yeah, I know it's advertising gimmick, but uh, yeah. it's all good. Well, they started cooking and this was quite a while ago. So I was like, hey, you might want to try a little more of this seasoning or that seasoning, you know? And I went in and just kind of custom made a sauce for them. They, they weren't really used to sauces and stuff. And so anyway, we, we did it right like that by the next week, I think the show, they, they really condensed the show down. The damn thing was only about six hours. And then it was off to the barbecue with the judge. you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then the niche, next two trips down there, which were kind of a couple of years later and a couple of years in between each one, they, <laughs> it was the same thing, uh, but more cooking. So, um, which was all good and fun. And, um, I didn't know at that time, anything about KCBS cause this was quite a while ago, but that was pretty, th that information was pretty sparse up in this part of the country where I live. But point being is, where were you, where were you? I was here in the Northwest at that time. No, no. I mean, in Australia. Oh, okay. Well, I was in Melbourne, um, Brisbane, um, orange Bathurst. Uh, went out, wow. went out in a little place called, uh, Gimpy, um, went out and got some hay with some people just for something to do one night. And, and uh, which, I don't know, Gimpy's about 80 clicks out of Brisbane, I guess. And dusty, dirty roads and kangaroos all over hell. It, it was an adventure. Yep. Yeah. It was an adventure. So, um, but then those three trips, yeah, I covered uh three different provinces i think so it was wow. uh, it was fun i enjoyed it my wife thought i wasn't coming home because <laughs> it was it was pretty much uh, my territory down there you know but <laughs> but they were and they all you know and of course they wanted to do some lamb and stuff which was great and i was like hey let's go to the store right. let's go to the store and so i went down you know through the meat counters and and they had pork and stuff and they had ribs, but I asked them to cut some, you know, kind of St. Louis style trim ribs and stuff. And the butcher knew what at this one place knew what I was talking about. And then he, he did a pork butt for me and, um, a two pounder. Yeah. Um, but we'll be right back here on barbecue nation. Stay with us. If you're enjoying GT and his show, come check out my podcast, Around the House with Eric G, where we talk home improvement and design right here where you catch this podcast. Head to AroundTheHouseOnline.com. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT. Today we're talking with Carolyn Wells from KCBS. We'd like to thank the folks at uh, Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef the way nature intended. I've used it for years. It's great stuff. And also Gunter Wilhelm Knives. You can check out Gunter Wilhelm Knives online. I've been using them now for a while, both on television and, and for my personal use. And they're very good. So GunterWilhelm.com. 
Uh, great knives. They are great knives. And uh, David Malik has been really kind to me in working with me on this stuff. And by the way, we're like, like I said before, we're on SoundCloud, Captivate, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, CastBox, and the list goes on and on. Carolyn, what do you think your biggest accomplishment has been from the founding to your time as executive director? And, and now you're in more of an advisorial stage, I think, uh, there at KCBS. But what do you think? Um, now I'm into, um, I'm into um, telling people stories. So there you go. I want to document um, the, 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 the legends that I have known and, um, and that other people have known, obviously that, and to, so that their stories that I think you'll agree that barbecue is the most underdocumented uh, food group there is. And that people, it, because there are so many mom and pop, um, you know, teams and, um, and uh, restaurants, sure. or, or barbecue joints, that that they all have great stories, and all those need to be told and documented somewhere. And, and my hope would be it would be on it's Smithsonian at some time, at point in time. But uh, sure, I mean it's 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 not only about the food; it's about the folklore. You know, yeah, it's so uh, it it's really it's its own culture. And they've done so many great things like, you know, we have OBR, which is Operation Barbecue Relief. Right. Now, that's, that is not a KCBS corporation. It's by, it was started by two members. And when the, um, when the tornado hit uh, Joplin, Missouri, and they went down and started cooking for first responders and, and for victims of the, of the tornado there. And now they can, now they've gone all over the United States and actually somewhere out beyond the United States uh, by airlifting barbecue to them. Um, and, you know, to, it's just, um, it, it's such a, the whole thing is sort of a nurturing thing. So it really, the, you know, the glory is not mine. I'm deeply humbled. Uh, but I, I think of myself as the glue of the organization, or I was. So uh, I, I guess the, it's a non. Uh, there's not a lot of glory in being glue, but uh, <laughs> uh, holding holding together uh, twenty thousand people who have very definite opinions is um, certainly. Um, um, yeah, I get it. Yeah, it's like you know, it's, it's, it's an achievement <laughs> sitting on this side of the so, microphone. And if people actually heard what was said between interview segments, because you you got some chat time there while we reboot and do some technical things. And like the birds here. Yeah. And you, you you hear stuff. You talk about opinions. And uh, these people are firm believers. Uh, in what they're doing and the state of barbecue and all of that, they all have different thought processes and different techniques. And that's what makes us individuals. I get all that, but sometimes if people could hear those, they'd go, what do you say? 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> FCC going to hear about this? I don't know. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I call it, um, they're very passionate about barbecue. They are passionate about barbecue. So, if and my, my late best friend, uh, Jim Tab, um, uh, said there are five elements in barbecue. One is the cooking unit. One is the fuel. One is the seasoning. One is the, um, protein and the fifth and most um, important is the expertise of the chef. Yeah. And all of those are highly controversial. <laughs> and they're all good. Yeah. Yeah. They're all, they're all good. Um, you know, but my, but my grill's better than your grill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get that. I mean, I learned that from the first competition I went to. I was just kind of observing and walking around and, they were all very friendly and stuff. And then you'd say, why are you, why do you use that particular? Maybe it was an offset or something. And you'd, well, I do this. Well, what about using one of those? Well, they're good, but they're not as good as this. You know, this gives you, you know, whatever it was, more flavor, more bark, uh, you know, more genuine aroma coming out of it and tends to bring people to your table faster than the other one, whatever it was, they all had their reasons. was pretty interesting. If I gave you the perfect setup uh, and no, you can't have Byron's right there, Chisholm's place you, that, that doesn't count. Um, but if I gave Carolyn Wells the perfect setup for, to, for you to do your own barbecue there, which you really don't have to anymore because so many people want to feed you is, what would you what would you do? How would you have it set up and what would you cook? Oh my goodness. Um well I'd have to say that the either ribs or pork would be my favorite. I being a, a daughter of the South, I um that's sort of what I grew up eating. And I have to think that one one entry somebody I don't they got almost a whole butt in one of the turn in boxes. It was so pretty. I just wanted to stick my face in it. <laughs> it had great bark. It wasn't overly sauced. It was uh, it was done to a uh, it. It had a texture that uh, a mouthfeel that is just really great. Right. Um, and uh, it, you know, it was like all the elements just came together, and the. You know, the wood would be could be hickory, but it can also be a milder form like oak or sure. pecan. Um, so it, it's just gathering all the things that uh, appeal to you and what you would use. And I would use wood and charcoal. Um, I, I would use the, the best pork I could find, but it, you know, it, about basically is about. And, um, but then you're getting into if you get into brisket, you're looking at wagyu's for three hundred and fifty dollars. That's a you know, or two hundred and fifty. It, it's a sure. Uh, those types of things are kind of taking over now. And I, I um, actually, I think you know, barbecue itself, and in the way it evolved, it was um, it was taking poor cuts of meat. 
and turning it into a work of art. Right. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, and so I prefer the Packers. <laughs> oh, sorry. Allergies. I joked up. There's some yeah. pollen out here, too. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> we got a drink of my tea. Okay. No worries. You can you can get that stuff out, can't you? Yeah. Oh yeah. We'll hold we'll okay. we'll mm. save it and hold you hostage with it later. How's that? Do what? I said we will save the cuts and hold you hostage with it later later. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well you were talking I, I about your name a favorite yeah. cooking unit. <laughs> you know, just to, from my position. Right? Sure. But uh, the generic stuff and and actually the uh, the um the sauce I use is a southern type of marinating based mm-hmm. um vinegar and spices and then a little sweetener to, to finish it off with. So let me ask you this, without naming names, would you use would you use charcoal, pellets, stick wood, uh what would what would be your heat source? Oh, I grew up with hickory, which I like very much. But if you oversmoke something, you can't get that, that taste off your tongue. Right. Uh, um, I, I would prefer like applewood or cherry. Yeah, it's a beautiful color. Um, I would I would use a um, high quality charcoal, um, not one that's filled with coal, and um, and that would be those would be my woods. There you go, and that that works. Um, it's uh, I think in all the years we've been doing this show together and stuff, I'm not sure I ever asked you that question before or anything similar to it. So that's that's good to know. And um, when I come visit you later this century, whenever I can get the hell out of here. Uh, <laughs> I'll know. I'll know. In my own butt ranch. <laughs> yeah. Well, my my, uh, we've only got about a minute left, and so I'll throw this out there, and then, and then we go to break, and and we can talk about it when we come back in. But I personally think that, like the really expensive briskets and stuff, like you say wagyu and that, that has an upside to it, but it also has a downside to it for entry-level people trying to get into competition or even people doing it at home on the weekend. And they go, Absolutely. they find a butcher that will sell it to them because that stuff's not kept in chain supermarkets. Anyway, Carolyn and I are going to pick that up on the other side of the break. You're listening to Barbecue Nation here on the Sun Radio Network. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. There's a man who leads a life of danger To everyone he meets 
Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT with Carolyn Wells today. This is a previous executive director, co-founder of the Kansas City Barbecue Society. Started around a kitchen table more than two weeks ago. And it's uh, been a huge success and it's really, really promoted and supported the world of barbecue through barbecue competition, but also barbecue in general. It's a great resource for people. Um, I recommend that you get your membership. It's not that much money and um, do that. So I, I promised you off the air that I would ask you a question. So I don't know how much you're on social media, Carolyn, but I'm a kind of a big Twitter guy because that's where I do most of my stuff. And David does the rest on the other platforms, but I kind of do the Twitter thing. All right. I must see right. throughout the course of a week, I probably see at least a hundred images or little video clips of brisket. Okay. And they're all proud of them and no complaints there. But I would tell you this folks, if you're going to show off your brisket, either make sure it's really done the way you want it, or you have a real sharp knife when you're slicing it on the camera, because if it looks like you're sawing on it and you need to get a sawzall, Probably not the best look. What's your thoughts? <laughs> I agree. And plus, you're not cutting it across the grain. Right. Right. So, so um, I, I think that, uh, you know, you eat with your eyes before you actually taste anything. And it, uh, it's your presentation is, uh, um, it, well, I've, I've seen briskets that look like they have been sawed up and then thrown across the room into the into the turn-in tray and it's uh, you know, or if they were so dry that they had little sprigs sticking out everywhere and it's totally unappealing. <laughs> it look like you're eating something out of a science fiction thing, you know? Well, once you yeah. get past the, and you can pull the porcupine quills out of the roof of your mouth, it's not bad, you know? Yeah. <laughs> or it's eating somebody's shoes. Yeah. <laughs> I've had a little barbecue like that. You know, like I always say, it's like smoking your Reeboks there because, uh, and, you know, you just either they're willfully ignorant or they just plain don't know. And, um, you know, but the one thing I won't do is when I'm working with somebody or I'm cooking and people come up and talk to me, if they ask me a question, I always answer it. If they say, what should I do? I always answer it. And, I'll, and I will put a caveat on that and say, this is what I do. This is what so-and-so does, whatever. Okay. And do that. Um, and I'm very forthright and open with the information. But when I, <clears throat> you know. Is that always welcome? Yeah, most of the time. Really, most of the time. Okay, good. <laughs> Unless, and, you know, I used to do a lot of catering gigs and I don't have time to do that anymore. But when I did that, um, sometimes I couldn't talk to people during when you're right in the heat of no pun intended getting stuff ready to be served i didn't have time to die and i would just ask them to come back later and talk to me and i was more than willing to talk to them but i i wasn't you know i've got 42 tri-tips cooking you know i've got eight plates of shrimp sitting out here in the sun that are on ice and we got to keep them on ice you know whatever we're doing and so 
that's the only time I ever kind of push people off for a little bit. But I was always really, and still am, if they want to ask me a question, I'm, I'm good to go with that. But um, some people, though, are just like, they come to me and say, man, I went down to, to uh, <clears throat> you know, El Cheapo Grocery, and I bought this brisket for $32. Um, it was on sale, and I cooked it. Um, and man, was it good. And I, I take your word for it. I'm sure it was good. But then when you, if you go over to their place and they do it again and they serve it for you, something got lost in translation. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> so, uh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> we, we, we had a neighbor. I know he doesn't listen to this show and that's fine. We had a neighbor years ago who raised Pinsgauer cattle. They're from Northern Europe. They kind of look like a Hereford with a big white stripe down their back. And they were very lean. I mean, very lean. And he said, his wife was a nurse, and he said, man, the doctors just love this stuff like this. So he gave me a brisket. Carolyn, I cooked that brisket for 16 hours. I took it off, I wrapped it, I put it in a cooler, I did all the tricks I knew how to do it, and then and I... still couldn't get it tender. No, no. In fact, when I served it, sat down, and I'd cooked some tri-tip, and I cooked this brisket, and my wife said, is that tri-tip? I said, yes. She goes, is that Bob? That's not his real name. Is that Bob's brisket? I said, yeah. The tri-tip was gone off the plate. We had six people at the dinner table. The if in like two minutes, all the tri-tip was gone. I had to go cut some more. Nobody would touch that bloody brisket. <laughs> they oh tried it before. <laughs> anyway, I have yacked again too much. We're going to run out of time. Carolyn is going to stick around for the after hour. So that's always fun. Carolyn Wells, who has dedicated her life to barbecue. Um, you're owed a big thanks, not just from me, but from everybody who fires up a grill. And I want to thank you for that. Well, too long. Thank you for having me. No problem. We will be back next week. I think Stephen Reichland's coming around next week. So uh, we'll be back. Cool. Yeah. We got Stephen. We got. Tell him I said, hey. I will. We got Stephen. We got uh, Adrian Miller coming up talking about his new book, Black Smoke. And we've got Meathead coming up and a couple other folks coming up in the, over oh, the next so month. Sorry for you. No, I'm Yeah. <laughs> love them all. Love them all. Before we uh, jump out there to break, I wanted to make a major announcement to you. Cracker Barrel is finally adding alcohol to the menu. The chain announced last week that it plans to add wine and beer to the menu at hundreds of locations, breaking its long tradition of keeping the menu booze-free. Um, Cracker Barrel has long refused to serve alcohol at its locations. However, earlier this year, the chain began testing wine and beer through a special program in an effort to boost sales as restaurants struggle during the COVID-19 pandemic. Brilliant move, people. Brilliant move. All right, we got to get out of here. We will see you next week. There's a man who leads a life of danger To everyone he meets there's a stranger With every move he makes Another chance he takes Odds are he won't live to see tomorrow
Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Envision Networks and Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.